Hello everyone, it's Christian Fuchs, former Schalke player. And just to know, you are listening to Schalke America. Glück auf. Blau und weiß sein Leben lang. Hallo Leute, willkommen zum Das Einzige Schalker Podcast auf Englisch. Welcome to Episode 153 Shark America. I'm your host Richard Carmen. Join me on this Victory Monday slash Wednesday podcast. Co-host Jack Mangan. Jack, happy Victory Wednesday. Victory Monday on a Wednesday. Once again, not for the first time this season. Uh, I mean, listen, we have lives, folks. We don't get paid for this. Things are going to happen. But a, a good excuse this this past Monday, uh, my Kansas Jayhawks were busy uh, winning a national championship. Uh, so that yeah. was uh, the reason for the reschedule. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Uh, anyone who's listened to this podcast for a long time will know that Richard and I definitely have sporting interests outside of just uh, the game of soccer, um, yep. which, by the way, I'm going to call it soccer as much as possible from now until maybe the end of December. Now that we've drawn England in the World Cup, um, yeah. <laughs> it's a patriotic oh, yeah. duty yeah, to yeah. call it soccer for the next few months. So uh, <laughs> be prepared for that. Apologies <laughs> to anybody in Europe who gets annoyed by that that listens to us. <laughs> I'll hold off for the second season or next season before I start doing that. I'll keep calling it football for now or maybe football, right? Uh, but yeah, uh, another interesting weekend. The team keeps on rolling. Uh, victory uh, again against Dresden. It's not a team that it could have been a bogey team, right? A team that's at the bottom of the table who we've struggled against, a team at the bottom of the table. We got a, we found a way to win, though. Uh, and Toronto back on the score sheet twice. We did. Uh, Buskins just keeps <laughs> getting it done, apparently. Um, what, three in a row now, I think? Uh, and uh, yeah. I mean, Tirada, anytime Tirada scores two goals, uh, it, it's pretty rare that we don't end up winning that game. I think we did have one of those recently, right, where he had the hat trick in the last three. Boss, yeah. But that's, uh, that's very much an outlier. If you get Tirada going, you're probably doing okay. And uh, yeah, nice to see him uh, get involved. One of them was a penalty. Not a particularly well taken penalty, in my opinion, but the uh, the second yeah. goal was, was was quite nice. It was. Uh, it seemed like he had never taken a penalty before, and he has. That's his first of the year. Um, up to this point, he had the the clean sheet, if you will. He led the league in goals and no goal, no penalties for uh, every other person in the top ten had penalties, especially Burkstall had like three or four. Uh, so that's his first of the season. It looked like his first one, right? It wasn't greatly placed. Maybe he he saw the keeper going, so he just did it easy. I don't know, but. Uh, Second goal, much nicer. Second goal, much nicer. But uh, yeah, uh, good result. Good results on the weekend as a whole. Uh, all of a sudden, the top four is two points difference. It's yes. uh, crazy. Yeah, the table is looking uh, quite nice. But this is what happens when you when you get a couple of results off uh, in a row. The good news for me is, so we're sitting in fourth place right now on 50 points. The good news is that we have more than a result um, separating us from from fifth. Yeah. Um, so we, we can't, you know, get dragged down there on the course of one game. And the, and, and as, as far as looking above us in the table, we're within one result um, of first place. So that's kind of a decent position for us to be in uh, at the moment. And um, I mean, we'll see how long we can kind of keep this this little run going. But this is definitely putting us in the position we need to be in uh, into the final stretch here in the season. And fortune favors the brave. And I mentioned this because if you look to this weekend ahead, 
Werder Bremen, who's above us, plays St. Pauli, who's above us. And then you also got Darmstadt, who's above us, who plays Nuremberg, who are just below us. If we win this game against Heidenheim, it's a difficult game. Things could be very well in our favor. We'll see. Uh, lots to play for still, but uh, yeah, it's- yeah. This is a very important weekend, though. For I mean, like across across yeah. the league, uh, this is a big big weekend for Bundesliga two action. Yeah, yeah, and I, I feel the confidence growing in our fans. Uh, Utah says we're going to make it, boys. Uh, Sambo saying hello. Guten Guten Abend. <laughs> I gotta figure out what time zone I'm in right there here. There it is. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, let's get to the game because the lineup was interesting in this one, Jack. Um, a little tinker, a little wrinkles in this lineup here, but uh, in goal, Frazzle as normal. Back four, Malik Tiao is paired with Kaminsky in the middle with Oyan and Loda on the left and right. Flick with Itakura in the middle. You mentioned this in the past. And then uh, the back three, uh, the front three behind Taroda, Drexler, Bulter, and Latza. And then Taroda obviously in the way. He obviously had the two goals. Um, lots to talk about. You mentioned this a couple of weeks ago how we, it would have been interesting to see with all our healthy horses back, maybe putting Itakura in that midfield. Lo and behold, he gets a start in that uh, role next to Flick. Uh, talk about the lineup here. Yeah, well, I mean, all three of our center backs that are kind of in the main rotation are, are decent ball playing center backs. Um, and so for that reason, I, I mean, I think realistically, Itakura is, is not, you know, it's sort of an, um, an unreasonable option in sort of a holding midfield position, um, especially in a partnership. Um, so I don't, I don't mind it. I don't, I mean, I don't mind, you know, us, us taking a look at it. Um, you know, to me, it's interesting. We're, we're lining up in a four, two, three, one, uh, essentially, which is not something we've been playing, uh, for most of the season. And, and, uh, it's also just personnel wise interesting because, uh, the, the sort of nominal wingers in that sort of a setup are, are decidedly, unwinger like in terms of sort of like a player archetype you have donnie yeah. Lotza out on yeah. the left hand side and then and then drexler on the right hand side which is strange and then bolter yeah. playing sort of you know the number 10 position um so interesting nice to have away on back by the way uh because yes. he's you know yes. so that, that's something that's always a big big thing for us and um yeah i'm, I'm never going to complain about you know florian flick minutes until i think he's not deserving to be there and you know, a mixed bag from him to this in this game we'll get into that but yeah overall i um okay with the lineup we just it, need to figure out our, our right back situation because uh, I thought Loda was unfortunately probably the weak link uh, in this team. Yeah, made a big mistake. Uh, Could have been a big mistake when he fell early in the first half. Uh, yeah, the last two weeks, really, um, the first week under Buskins, we really didn't tinker too much with the lineup. Last week, we saw 4-2-3-1 for the first time. Uh, and this week, again, with the 4-2-3-1. It's interesting with the Itakura in there because he is capable. I mean, all our center backs are capable, right? But Itakura is such a strong player defensively and offensively. He had a great setup for uh, uh, Oyan late in the game, which you need to score a header off of when we're already up 2-0 at that point. Uh, Itakura's got the skill set to, to play mold. He's very versatile. Uh, so it's nice to see him next to Flick because both of them can complement each other with defense and offensive abilities. Um uh Drexler, we've seen him already in this kind of position. So, you know, he's hardworking. He's always going to bring it. Lots of, I was curious to see how he would do. I thought he did decent for what he was expecting, you know, what he was called upon to do. And Bolter and Toronto doing their things. Um, always, always happy to see Oleon. And then uh, Kaminsky, I thought, fairly strong showing for playing center back. You know, you would think normally it would be either Itakura or maybe Sane in the starting position. But Kaminsky uh, held his own, I thought, for in this one for the most part. So, yeah, it was an interesting lineup. And then looking at the, at the bench, um, the only only note of this one, Paulson and Chalanolu get inserted into the into the 
onto the bench and Marvin Peeringer uh, was out. But other than that, it was pretty much the same same lineup. I appreciate you shouting out Kaminsky because that, that's a fair point. I think there's, you know, not, I'm not saying conventional wisdom, but there'd be maybe um, a suspicion that he could be exposed in, in a, in a you know, two center back pairing um, as opposed to having, you know, the cover of, of a third guy in there. And uh, I think you're right. I think he, for the most part, acquitted himself quite well and, and i didn't really have an issue with him at all in this one but uh also not surprising though because as we've said all season like you and i are have pretty high confidence in all three of these guys so yeah yeah um and what's nice about itakura playing where he was what he did in this game is that he can drop back if he needs to he can he's so good at reading the game he if he sees a breakdown which he did a couple times this game he jumps back in there and helps out like another center back so it's because he has a center back right so uh, it's really a, a sneakily good defensive setup for us. We're already the best defense in the league or second best, I guess. Uh, so one team has less goals than us. But, uh, yeah, pretty good lineup for us overall. Um, looking at Dresden, not that I knew anybody in the lineup, uh, but uh, in, the, their starting 11 are uh, Kevin Brohl, Michael Lakoto, who I thought had a decent game, Tim Knipping, the captain, Heinz Morschel, Chris Lowe, uh, Morris Schroeder, Michael Saltbauer, uh, Vaclav Darchel. Paul Ville, Julius Kidd, and Oliver Batista Meyer. Um, Akoto, I thought, had a decent game in this game. Obviously, yeah. the, the goal scorer—he wasn't the goal scorer, but the, you know, uh, I think it was Knipping who got the the goal. Decent lineup. I thought they played above expectations for them. Um, thoughts on Dresden in this game? I thought Love was good as well. Wasn't it? Wasn't it Ville that scored the goal? Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, 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 yeah. maybe I'm incorrect. No, you're right. Twenty-eight. It was yeah. twenty-eight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he had an absolute roller coaster of a match in a lot of ways. Uh, subject to a yellow card early for a bolter dive, which maybe we'll talk about. Um, and then uh, you know, ultimately redemption with with the goal. But um, you know, a couple sketchy moments from him. Uh, I think he's the one. I think he's the one that actually uh committed the penalty for Tarada's first as well. Yes, he did. He did. Yeah. He did so very yellow card game. prior to that, then the Tarada thing, and then, you know, ends up pulling one back. But uh, yeah, he was he was involved in a lot of the pivotal moments in this match one way or another. He was. Uh, let's talk about that Bolter play real quick because I, well, you, you, you thought it was a dive. I too thought it was a dive until I saw the replay. So when you're watching it live and you watch the initial replay, it looks like a clear dive. It looked like he didn't touch him at all. You watch, uh, there's a second angle they showed where the trailing foot, the first foot misses incomplete. The second foot looked like he maybe got Bolter. Still a dive. I didn't think he got him as bad as he as he did, but I think he got got him more than I originally thought. I don't know if you saw that second angle Okay, yeah. So what I will say is this. I, I promise to, after this podcast, go back and try to find every possible angle, and I withhold the right to retract the following statements, and I apologize in advance to, to Bolter if, if Richard, if you're vision of this is correct to me it looked like there was no contact at all and he went down screaming and writhing in pain brought the medical staff out and gets an opponent <laughs> a yellow card and listen like I, I i'm not i'm not trying to be like a homer i try to be consistent no, no, yeah. across the board i consistently bring up the timo Werner thing you know from years ago so like when when somebody on my team does it, i'm going to call it out as well and like yep. I love the edge that Bolter brings to our team in, in the game. I just hope it doesn't manifest itself in this way continuously yeah. going forward because yeah. I'm just not a fan of that kind of stuff. But like you said, maybe there actually was some contact. I'll go back and look at it. Uh, my my, uh, my first view was that there was zero contact at all, but I could be I could be wrong. Yeah, and, and Utah is even saying the same thing as the second foot uh, got his ankle. So I, I do think he dove. I do think he dove because I thought that even though the second foot got him, I think it wasn't enough to, to warrant a scream and medical attention, all that stuff. I, I thought it was a bit extreme. 
But yeah, the, the first with the first couple of replays I watched looked like he was a complete whiff and he just fell. But if you watch the, there's a third replay or a third angle or a second angle, whatever. Uh, it looked like his back foot, the trailing foot of Ville, um, got the ankle. So anyway, the point was standing. The crowd you need to be a VAR like official. You need to be the VAR. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Let's go to Richmond uh, Studio. I would say I will say that the crowd quickly turned their back. Not that they liked the bull turn in the first place. It's anytime he touched the ball, they were just whistling him. Uh, so understandably, right? Uh, but the game was very tight, Jack. Um, overall, but especially the first half, I thought Dresden were playing better than they expected. I thought we weren't playing necessarily bad, but I thought Dresden were pushing the tempo, trying to keep pace with us. Um, and it really wasn't until just before halftime. Um, nice pressing by Schalke forced a turnover. I don't remember if it was Bulter originally with the press. But it was Tarota and Drexler got involved. Turnover happened. Drexler quickly is a Tarota. Tarota goes on a break, which you rarely see with him running with the ball. Made a nice move on on Vill. Vill takes him down in the box. Clear penalty. Uh, good call there. And and again with Tarota with the questionable finish, but he scored. Um, thoughts on that play overall, and then and leading up to that and the penalty there. Uh, I mean, for, the first thing I just want to say real quick is, that, I mean, I thought the first 15 minutes from us in this game were pretty, pretty poor. And then even yeah. in the rest of the first half, I thought that Dresden definitely had the better of it. Um, I thought we were much better on both ends of the ball in the second half and uh, a lot of hoofball from us, um, you know, yeah. which is not good for obviously sustaining possession, uh, you know, once again, inability to kind of like string a few passes together. But anyway, to the playing question. Um, yeah, I think it was maybe like a, initially like a ball that came out from the goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Um, to one of the center backs gets played to Knipping, uh, who I think is um, uh, there's two people pressing him down, and and Drexler's coming from like the blind side of him, yeah, and gets Toronto's him into trouble. Yeah, it gets him into trouble. Yeah, and like you said, yeah, it, it frees him. Um, and then uh, yeah, it's just kind of a weird challenge from from Ville in the box. Like it was a really half-hearted trailing leg kind of thing. It wasn't. Yeah, yeah I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't know what he was really thinking there. Um, maybe maybe Toronto made a meal of it too because he's a big guy. And I don't think like the contact that we saw yeah. was really like enough to bring him down that convincingly. But anyway, um, definitely, definitely contact. And then uh, the penalty from him. Yeah. Like I said earlier, it's not the start of the pot, like kind of unconvincing. He hits it into the area that I always kind of refer to as no man's land. I always divide like, you know, horizontally a goal into five zones, right. like, you know, the post two central ones and then like the actual one. And I don't want to hit it into those like, you know, uh, spaces two and four essentially. Um, and he hits it into one of those, but you know, goalkeeper goes the wrong way and maybe maybe he waited long enough to make to you know to know that the goalkeeper was going there but um not a lot of power not great placement but uh it goes in that's all that counts and uh you know the, the goal the goals continue to come from Toronto even here in the uh, in the second half of the season man can do no wrong it seems like uh he's been on the chair was that five goals now in three games something like that so he's starting to get hot now at the end of the season at the right time not that he wasn't hot all season right I'm mean, actually he had a little bit of a lull uh in the in the early winter I would say but uh yeah um yeah one nothing league going to halftime um hard to say it was deserving lead i think it was fairly even first half um possession wise going into the second half they would you know start to have more and more of it because you know starting to the second half um good pressure by shaka early on in the first five minutes of the game i noticed that right after the second half you like you said good intensity coming out there lots of pressing on the ball causing turnovers end up leading to the only corner kick of the game uh, they end up keeping the ball into the box area, moves around. You know, Toronto kind of forces the ball out wide somehow with his um with his big body moving around, and Drexler gets it. Or excuse me, Tiao muscles the defender yeah. off of it, gives it back to Drexler, crosses it in, and and Toronto with a beautiful header 
uh, for the goal, two nothing. Uh, well done. I mean, Tiao's got to get a lot of credit for that. Drexler's going to get the for the assist, but Tiao with the muscle shoulder to shoulder. I mean, he's got to give a secondary assist for that, right? No, I, I'm with you. I'm with you all the way, and I'm glad that we're both uh, shouting that out because that play doesn't happen without Malik Chow making an excellent hustle play. Um, you know, kind of sprinting from pretty far away across the box, and then and then you know putting a nice like shoulder challenge in to win that ball and kick it back to Drexler, um, who uh, fortunately was playing on the right hand side in this game. Uh, we always talk about how he's he's only capable of crossing with his right foot, and he's like early in the season he's coming down the left and has to stop yeah. and like you know. <laughs> so yeah, maybe so there you go. You can see what can happen when you put uh, Drexler maybe on like the dominant crossing side. It plays a nice ball in, and uh, uh, you know it it continues to mystify me how Zeman Torada can be unmarked in the box, particularly on aerial. There is there is nobody marking him. Yeah. He he is standing in a zone of like maybe three yards in a circle all around him, two two three yards, and there's just no one there. And um, yeah, I mean it's it's really nicely directed, and and goalkeeper makes an effort to it. Maybe you can argue that like he some goalkeeper might have done better, but it was a you know, decent dive, and it's yeah, it's a really nice header, nice goal. Yeah. Um, yeah, so well done for Schalke, like you said, coming out. Uh, much better team immediately. I felt like in the second yeah. half with that extra pressure. Um, you know, started making things happen. Uh, Flick was better in the second half, was putting in some nice defensive plays, helping some spring some things, and uh, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, um, Chaka nearly made it three nothing. Uh, I think it was a three, I think it was at the, it was two nothing at the point where Koi Takura got the ball, did this nice over the top cross that uh found Oya on the back door and just yes. went over the bar. And then moments after that, um, good play by Dresden pushing the attack, they ended up getting a free kick from Drexler, must have been tired at that point. Uh, got a senseless free kick. Really shouldn't have done it because Loda was in position. Loda was yelling at him after the, after that foul. But it leads to a free kick, and it ended up being a goal uh, past Fraza. Nothing really Fraza could have done on there. It was, it was really plural place in the corner. 2-1 at that point. Um, despite how tight the game was, I wasn't worried that Dresden were going to come back. Um, our defense has been playing a lot better lately. Having Itakura and Flick back there and eventually Paulson, um, I thought I felt very comfortable with our defense. I don't know if you felt the same way when that goal went in by Dresden. I mean, yeah, they had some possession in the, in the final third in the second half, but um, yeah, I know what you mean. It, it, it wasn't off. They didn't have that many shots. They didn't, they didn't create that. They had a better first half. We had a better second half. Um, and while I do think our lead, you know, going into halftime was maybe undeserving. I, I agree. I think, um, I think I'd seen enough probably in the first 15 minutes of the second half to feel relatively confident about how we were playing. And that just kind of got better, especially with some of the, the subs that came on, like Cherlinov obviously added a lot of um, pace and, uh, and everything. And uh, yeah. So I, I, yeah, I think, I, I think that's, I think that's a fair sentiment. I think they only had like three shots in the second half, maybe. Um, but I, what I would say is I, I don't think it was as a convi- I don't, I don't agree maybe that it was quite as convincing of a performance overall. Sure. I thought, I, I thought we may have been mildly lucky to kind of get out of there with a two one uh, or a win, because uh, especially as you said, like we had opportunities for an insurance goal that we probably should have taken advantage of uh, in this one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you could argue, you know, yeah. Oh yeah. going to try to take that shot every time, but he had Bolter wide open to the side. So he found a way it's hard to be hard to do, but if he had flicked it over to Bolter, it would have been wide open in front of the goal would have been a score there. But either way, you know, you got to put those away and a better team maybe would have made us pay for our mistake for missing there. But um yeah, overall, shots 9-9 nine, nine in this game, which explains what, you know, it was a very even game. You mentioned, you know, not many shots on target. They only had one shot on target really all game long, um, and that was the goal. Uh, they had more possession, obviously, because they're playing catch-up most of the game, and really just the way we were playing, it seems like it didn't give them 
it gave them a lot more opportunities than they than they needed. Um, but you know, nonetheless, we win the game uh, two to one, led by Simon Tarota, leads the league, twenty one goals now. Um, not a convincing performance. I agree. Lots of people are saying that, but we got the win, right? Uh, earlier in the season, we would have these games that are not convincing, and we'd either draw or lose. So it's a good sign. We got some what, three wins in a row now under under Buskins. Um, got Heidenheim next, and then we got a really a tough gauntlet. All top five, top five gonna be playing against each other, trying to knock each other off. So we'll see what's going on here. Um, but yeah, it's a a good result nonetheless. We needed it. Yeah. And the important thing, you know, Torada, both are both healthy at the moment. Oh, yes. back, you know, still have a couple injuries, but got a couple pieces back and, you know, they're playing well at the moment. So um, hopefully we can keep that going and have, you know, most of our guns blazing into the, the kind of the final firefight here in the last uh, few weeks of the season. Um, we'll be interesting to see what, what continues to happen with maybe the evolution of sort of the shape that we play. Uh, maybe we'll continue to see that four, two, three, one. Uh, you know, yeah, the Itakura in midfield thing is is yep. an interesting wrinkle. I, I I think I'd like to see it more before I have maybe a fully formed opinion on it. Um, but I don't disagree with you that it was you know intriguing, in this one for sure, and that it you know definitely offers you a different look. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's nice to have those kind of problems and as many options yeah. as we do. For sure, for sure. And now after the results from this weekend, uh, Verter sits at the top at fifty two. Darmstadt and St. Pauli locked at fifty one. We are at fifty. As you mentioned, a little bit of a cushion between Nuremberg. Uh, yeah. They're at 46. And then Hamburg, they won yesterday, uh, make it 1 4 nothing against uh, whoever the hell they played. But um, there's, they're, they're back in 45. So really, the top four are really you know moving and grooving. Every team in the top four has got a loss in the last five games. We have just as many wins. I mean, it's, it's, they're almost all mimicking each other in terms of results. One draw, three wins, and a loss. I mean, it's tight at the top. It can't get any tighter. We'll see what's going to happen here after this weekend. Um, yeah, man, it's it's, it's crazy uh, what's going on here. But uh, six games to go. I mean, Chalka has it in their hands right now. They they play the teams that they have to beat to get to the next level. Um, Chalka put out this long email to its members, and it went on and on about many, many things. But one of the things I found interesting in the email to the to the members was that they said that we're actually surprised how well the team is doing and that we're in a promotion spot uh, because we planned a three-year a three-year plan for us to get back to the Bundesliga. And so get, possibly getting back in our first year was surprising to us. And I said, oh, you have a three-year plan. That's that's interesting. I mean, one, they felt comfortable enough that finances uh, would allow them to stay in the Bundesliga three or fight the Liga three years if needed be. Um, but uh, yeah, I was surprised to hear that. Maybe two years I would maybe expect, but three years... I guess if you look at Hamburg, it, it is possible. You could be three years or more. So um, thoughts on Schalke's, you know, uh, supervisory board saying, you know, the, the the plan ultimately was three years to get back to Bundesliga and not one or two as many of us think. Well, I mean, I think that's certainly comforting in a certain way to know that they were thinking long-term potentially and that they felt like they could weather that because that was very much the conversation point was, you know, if we don't bounce back up, what does that mean for our financial viability long-term? I did see something recently that they had cleared a significant amount of the debt off the books already. Yes. Um, yes. And so that definitely seems like they've made pretty good progress so far, much more to be done, but that they're maybe ahead of schedule even from where they thought they were going to be potentially. Um so, uh, yeah, I, I do find it interesting, though, that because that wasn't my opinion based on what happened with the squad overhaul. You know what I'm you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, like going out and getting Tirada is is to me 
Going a statement of intent, if nothing else. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, like what else? How do you else do you, you know, look at that? Uh, that that seems to be. I know he, I know he got extended for another year now, but like it, that was essentially like, don't care that he's old. This guy gets goals, short term move to see if we, you know, that kind of thing. And and you know, and I thought we did a good job with the, you know, under the financial circumstances with the squad. And I, I yeah. felt like we've had one of the stronger squads in the se- in the league all season long. So yeah, to hear that they weren't expecting that is. I guess it raises an eyebrow, but it at the same time kind of gives me some heart that maybe there was some uh, longer term, smarter thinking happening, you know, behind the scenes. How did you uh, how did you feel about the news? I felt the exact same way because I would have thought, obviously, with the moves that it would be uh, we have to hurry up and go because all the rumors we heard is that we can't afford financially to stay in this fight the Liga. It just with with the budget and all this and that and everything, and the debt. There's no way we'd be able to survive. And now they're saying like, I mean, obviously they were doing some some magic in the background to try to get rid of some of that debt um, and to have a three-year plan was very surprising to me. I mean, it, like I said, like, like you said, I agree. It shows that they, it, I'm glad to see that they had long-term vision with this. Cause there is a possibility. I mean, Hamburg is a prime example, but you know, it's, it was a little bit of that. The game were playing long-term, but let's see what happens if we just, you know, give a, a strong team. They had to do a strong team because they had nobody from last year, right? They got rid of so many people. Um, so you bring in Toronto, who's almost like a you want to go for it right now. Guys like Oyan, Itakura made some nice moves. Uh, Schroeder, you know, obviously doing all the magic there. So it was very uh, definitely raising eyebrow, but um, but yeah, let's see. We we we're in a, we're in a good position at the moment. This is where we wanted to be end of the season. We talked about it at the beginning. It's like we just want to be within arm's reach of possible promotion. We're one point now out of a promotion spot. Um, Got to keep fighting. But uh, before we get back to the game, because I do want to talk more about the game. Sure. Um, Part of that debt relief, I guess, is, you know, uh, and we mentioned this a couple pop- podcasts ago, maybe last podcast, and Samo brings it up. Dunch is the next, another sponsor we picked up. It is a, um, like a uh, equipment type of company, like a steel or a echo or something like that. It's it's a, a landscape company type of, you know, commercial um, equipment. So another sponsor, more money. I mean, you can't, you can't hate that, right? Um, obviously dropping uh our former sponsor and going with viva west which has been on the on the kit lately um and adding all these little sponsors here and there trying to make up some of the um the money that they lost it's uh some good moves good wheeling and dealing but i think we finally have supervisory board and leadership that we feel confident and are doing actually some good work as opposed to the last mm-hmm. five ten years but um any other comment before that before we go back into the game because there was some good stuff in the game i want to talk about no yeah we can go back to the game for sure all right um Thoughts on some of the better players in the game for you, and maybe not such good players. Yeah, so for me, I, I said it earlier. I think I think Loda was was probably the weak link in this one. Um, you know, not not just the slip earlier uh, in the game, which can happen to anyone, to be honest. You know, at any moment. But I think there was another moment that I'm forgetting um, in the second half where he made a mistake that um, very easily could have ended in a goal, and he kind of got away with it too, uh, and uh, just didn't provide a whole lot going forward for us uh just to me wasn't involved in the game that much i know that like, he had that those two assists on um on his debut uh but uh yeah i i don't know uh, not not nearly as convincing a performance for me um lots of i, I mean well, let's let's hold off on lots of for the time being i'll actually okay. answer your question first sorry um i mean Toronto two goals he's obviously gonna be up there i thought bolter actually played quite well yep did a lot of things for us once again, dropping deeper, helping the the early phases of build up, um, but then also being several times in this game the guy playing the final ball in, like you know one of the furthest forward players, you know on the cutback. So you know Bolter putting in a good shift, getting all over the pitch. Drexler saw a performance from him. I've said it all season. Guy just puts in 
not always noteworthy, but like, you know, reliable performances, nice assists from him, nice effort. Uh, and uh, yeah, maybe, you know, shout out uh, Kaminsky as well, like you said, just because he was solid and maybe made fewer mistakes than even Chow did in this game, despite Chow having some high moments as well. Maybe a more consistent performance from Kaminsky. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, Flick, I thought, played decently in the game. He made up second half was much better. I thought Itakura was fantastic in this game. He's always he's always fantastic. Um, as I mentioned, you know, a couple of times when Tiao or Kaminsky kind of had a breakdown, he was right there to scoop it back up. Uh, Flick was also doing the same thing, but Itakura more consistently. Uh, you mentioned already about Drexler and Boulter. Um, Loda definitely was the weak link for me. Good to see Owe on. It seemed like he, he didn't want to press it press issue too much he's just come back yeah. from injury and subbed off he, early and he subbed off early for talanola yeah. who's been playing well so that was that was really good uh but you could tell he's not he wasn't his old self yet he's still just trying to get back into the game speed which is fine by me uh good news for us we were talking about the right wing side being kind of the weak link in this game uh vindheim back in practice now which is good to see um now we just need uh identity back and uh as well as um ranfell as well this week we have some more depth going down the stretch here but uh, yeah, it's uh, Pascal says uh, Jacks are doing the dirty work no one wants to do. Yeah, yeah, he fights all the time. Yeah, oh, this, this, similar, yeah this, this is what we always say. Yeah, it's like maybe not the flashiest player on the pitch, maybe not the guy, you know, doing the things sometimes that, that really get you excited, but, um, you know, rarely the one making mistakes and, and yeah, doing a lot of the dirty work and just putting in good shifts pretty consistently. Valuable, yeah. valuable member of the squad for sure. So Danny Latza, thoughts on his performance in this one? Yeah, I, I didn't think he was bad. Um, for the most part, uh, I, I just, um, it was decent. Uh, I still just am kind of waiting for him to do something, if that makes sense. And maybe I just need to adjust my expectations, but I just didn't feel, and maybe you'll, maybe you'll even disagree with my opinion of this game in particular, but I still just kind of feel like I, like a player of lots of profile, maybe just has a little bit more expectation in terms of what he can contribute. And, uh, some of his performances have been bad. Some of them have been just totally fine. And this was one where I was just kind of like, okay. But, you know, still not kind of mandating inclusion into the starting 11 by his performances. He hasn't really taken the reins and kind of, you know, put in a performance that that kind of grabs the coach by the, you know, the shirt cuffs and is like, you have to start me now because of because of this. Um, how did you feel about him today? I didn't think he was bad. I think my expectation of Latza is maybe not as high as yours because I feel like he's a Drexler type of player where not expected to do too much, but he's as long as he doesn't f up really, right? Uh, and he's seen some games really good, some games not so good. Um, he had what two goals? I don't know if it was in friendly or was in a, in a real game, I can't remember now. It's the season's been so long, but yeah, for the most part, I mean, he didn't do anything flash or anything like that. I didn't think he didn't do anything that cost the team either. I thought he was just a fairly consistent player, was involved in a lot, not as much as Drexler was because Drexler was really doing the dirty work, but I thought. Latza was at least, you know, a body there to help support Oyan, who obviously isn't full yet or fully ready uh, to play. Is would have been better to have a guy like a Salazar. Oh, Salazar wasn't available, but maybe like, um, or particularly in that formation, yeah, or that formation, weird, or Turlinoff, yeah, Turlinoff, maybe weird position or, or for Latza, right? Another person possibly could have done a lot better, um, but uh, obviously. Buskins had a mindset of how he wanted to play in this game, and he thought Latza. Would have complimented Churlinoff, or excuse me, um, Oyan just enough. And I thought, I guess it got the job done. I mean, it didn't really cost the team uh, any goals or anything like that. He had some hustle and some plays where uh, it would be turnovers. He'd, he'd get him back. And he was on Akoto all game long while they were both out there. Um, so it was okay performance, I thought. He's, he's able to shape some balls pretty nicely as well. Um, you know, some people are like, they can really only play kind of like direct line passes. And he had a couple moments where he played like a nicely 
you know, shaped uh, through ball that had some curve on it that kind of like, you know, ran into somebody's path and stride. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, like I said, this wasn't a bad performance. It just, I, I guess I'm, I'm still just kind of like waiting for something. And I don't, yeah, maybe I need to adjust my expectations, but I, yeah. I've, I've, I just can't recall him putting in a performance yet. That's really made me go like, wow, well, like there's yeah. a guy, you know. Of all the midfielders, I would say he's closest, in my opinion, and this is my expectation, it's more closest aligned with Drexler in terms of he's not going to give you much offensively, not defensively either. He's just going to be a good good workhorse there to do some of the dirty work. Um, that's how I vision him. I don't see him as a as a Salazar type or any Drizzy uh, or even a Flick or Itakura. I think he's just uh, a guy you plug in there to kind of just do the work, and that's it. Now, do we need two of those guys on the pitch at the same time? Probably not. Um, you probably want something like a Salazar or an Idrizi out there more so, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, I wonder when Salazar is going to be back. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the situation is with him. Um, not sure, but uh, I do know Salazar segues, segues, right? The master of segues are Chalk America. Salazar has been officially now a Shaka player going forward. Uh, as is Blendy Idrizi. So that's good to see. And as you mentioned earlier, also, Simon Toroto got the extension bump because of the goals or performance uh, this season. So now those three players are coming back next year for sure. All we need here is Thomas Oyon's name, and I think we're going to be pretty happy right now with everything that's going on, Jack. Yeah, Schroeder, Schroeder staying busy in the international break, uh, You know, adding a year to Idrizi's contact, uh, contract. So he's going to be with us until 2024. And then Salazar officially signed through the end of what 25 26 season um so yeah it'd be interesting uh you know and the thing is uh, Zalazar is still only what 22 something like that 22 so, 24 I mean, something like, like that yeah yeah i mean I, I think i think he's on the younger side i don't even think he's 24 yet so he's he's actually younger than maybe i, I realized and yeah. you know, maybe he has more room to grow and improve uh yeah. i for some reason i'm i'm mildly concerned about him in the sense that if we get promoted and this is not, you know, a primary concern right now, because our primary, I mean, we need to get, get there first from yeah. putting, you know, anyway, but assuming that happens, like we talk about some of the things that frustrate us about him. Um, and I just feel like those are going to be magnified in the, in, in the first division even more. And so I wonder if sort of like the reputation he has at the moment is sort of like, uh, one of our more creative players that can kind of go on a dribble and do some things. If some of that is a little bit more limited and he just ends up being uh, the share of frustration is increased and, and you know, the good stuff is decreased. But um, in the meantime, all you can really say is this is a Schalke team that had our talent, you know, kind of stripped from us because of the relegation and everything. And so, uh, you know, when you do have a player like Zalatsar who does, you know, have some of those moments, it's, it's not a bad idea to lock them up while you can and make sure that you're trying to, you know, slowly kind of rebuild this thing. And you know, locking your good talent. Yeah, and before I get to the question in the chat, um, you know, a guy we forget about that's still technically a Schalke player uh, that could serve us very well in the Bundesliga. I mean, Harit, he's having himself a pretty decent season over there at Marseille. Um, I don't know what the situation would be like with whether he wants to come back or wants to stay at Marseille. Will they pick him up, uh, pay Schalke? Which would be nice if they pay Schalke for him because he's doing pretty well there. But if he does come back, it poses an interesting dilemma because. I mean, Harit kind of was the ringleader of Schalke last year, right? He was one of the more influential players. He was probably the best player on the team. Um, and now he's coming to a team that's a completely different team. It's arguably not his team anymore. Well, not arguably. It is not his team anymore. It's probably Simon Taroda's team. He's the one who's probably pushing all the buttons, telling people with what to do. Uh, obviously, lots is in the mix now. You got a lot of more different heads there. Oyan's involved. So you got a lot of guys who 
take the claim of this is my team and having Amin Harit thrown in there while his talent would be amazing to have and the things he could do, what he'd done in the past, would help the team, no doubt. How would that work from a mentality-wise? Would it work? You know, I don't know. What are your thoughts on possibility of having Harit if he comes back or not? Man, there are so many Shaka fans that just will love this guy endlessly, uh, you know, in perpetuity. And to me, I guess my opinion is like, I'm just kind of like emotionally drained by Harit and his involvement in the team at this point. Um, listen, if he wants to come back, I mean, I guess I'm not going to say no. Uh, he's he, he has that ability, and yeah. who knows how he would look if we actually had a legitimate striker in front of him, which we haven't had during his tenure pretty much. Yeah. Um, you know, assuming Simon Tarada, if he makes that step up to the Bundesliga, and we do as well, can um, you know still be a somewhat reliable goal scorer. It'd be interesting to see how Harit fits into a team where um, he isn't maybe forced to come up with as many goals or, you know, try to as, as he was in other situations. Um, you know, there's so much focus paid attention to Tirada, uh, you know, on like long balls in the box, everything, it might open up some more space in the midfield for Harit to do what he does best. So who knows? Um, interesting to kind of think about for the future. I'm not overly concerned about it at the moment. Uh, you know, obviously more concerned with the upcoming games and everything, but uh, yeah. something to kind of keep an eye on, on the horizon for. Ultimately, I don't think he's going back to Schalke. Like like Utah says, I think Marseille will probably eventually pick him up or somebody else will pick him up, uh, and Schalke will move on from him, as they probably should, especially if they can get some decent coin from him. Um, I do, uh, I'll do. i be optimistic for for a second. If we make it to the Bundesliga, you know, Toroto's previous exploits in the Bundesliga, while he was the main guy in the Zweite Liga, when he went up to the Bundesliga, he would always come off as a substitute. So if, I, we, get, if we get promoted next year, I want to see him as a starter to see if he can actually produce in the league. Um, he'll, he'll be, what, 35 at, the po- at that point, maybe? Maybe not even that old. Um, and he's producing right now. So he, look, let's see what he can do. I'm curious to see. It would be a nice way to end his career if he has a really great year in a Bundesliga. But let's get there first. Um, so the question I was talking about was, who do you think will be on the bench in the next few games when Salazar is back? Uh, obviously, we, we'll pull up the, the thing right again uh, on the midfield here. Um, there's lots of options here. Pascal say maybe Flick or Kaminsky. Put Itakura back in the, court, in the center back position. Who do you think should be dropped? I mean, I, I know who I want to say, but I want to hear what you say first. Um, people, I mean, who is going to be dropped from the starting 11 that we had in this game against Dresden? I mean, to me, lots of probably. Um, uh, Loda eventually, whenever we figure out, you know, what's going on with the right back situation. Uh, yeah, I mean, Flick is obviously a contender to be dropped as well. Um, and that's just because he's never been, you know, reg- like a regular in that position until more recently. And there's still a lot of rotation happening there. Um, I'm glad he's in the mix, but I don't think he's like a locked in starter every game or anything yeah. uh there's there's mouths to feed in the midfield for sure when you talk about paulson and adrizi as well um you know churlinov didn't start in this game so if sane is probably still a starter for the most part although you know the jury's kind of mixed on him at the moment i think among the shalka faithful um yeah i mean it, it's tough it, it's tough because you know chenanoglu and oyan are both left backs but part of me is just like just play Chen, like play oyan on the right or something and play channel go on the left and just like actually, you know, get some proper, <laughs> proper backs in, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are the main guys. I think Itikura's and in, in Tiara are obviously a lock as is Frazzle and Torada and Bolter more often than not are going to be your two up top. Uh, yeah. So for me, it's Drexler, lots of flick, you know, Loda probably. 
Yeah, I think Lots is gonna be the first guy I'm taking off for Salazar. Um, because I, I, as I mentioned before, Salazar or Idrizi should be the one to fit. Now, if you bring in Idrizi as well, who do you drop? That makes it difficult. You think it would be Drexler would be the next guy, even though Drexler doesn't do anything to deserve being dropped. But you know, Idrizi and Salazar Dubri have a little bit more upside offensively, and so when you play the big boys at the top. You may need something like that, but uh, you also will need a player like Drexler. So I say lots of first. Um, honestly, Loda obviously is going to be dropped. Hopefully, Vinheim gets healthy sometime soon so we get to use him. I don't know if that's possible or not, but uh, Loda obviously needs to get dropped. But I think, you know, the interesting question, which we've talked about many times, is, you know, if Sane, once he's fully healthy, you're probably dropping Kaminsky. And then the question is, keeping Itakura in the midfield and putting Sane with Tiao, or do you put Itakura in the back with Sane in the middle, or what do we do here? You know, you got all kinds of options. All these guys are so versatile. Even Tiao can play in the midfield probably, um, though I'd probably want to see him in the middle. So, yeah, it's a lot of options, but I think I'm with you. I think lots of them load. They're probably the first names off the sheet uh, once some of the healthier guys come back uh, for this stretch run. So let's see. Let's see. Um, yeah, big big weekend ahead, like you mentioned. Um, not only do Werder play St. Pauli, one versus three, Darmstadt play Nuremberg, two versus five, uh, and we play Heidenheim. We're their seventh place. Don't forget about them. If yeah, I mean, if, if, if Werder and St. Pauli draw and Darmstadt loses or draws as well and we win, we're top of the league. Like, I mean, actually, we would be tied on points with Werder Bremen, right? I don't know what the who, who would actually be first place in that situation. We have the better goal differential, so we would be in first, I we, believe. Is it a head-to-head, though? Is it goal difference? It's probably goal difference. Head-to-head yeah. is 1-1. One, one. We haven't played oh, okay. them the time. So. That's true. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so there you go. Um, could happen just like that. And this is what we've been saying all season is we just we, we haven't um, – we've had a good season, but we just haven't always rattled off results consistently. It's like we'll win a game, then we'll draw, win a game, then lose, you know, whatever. And now we have three wins in a row. It's going to be tough to ask for a fourth in a row, especially, you know. Um, but we will see. And if we can, good things could uh, could happen to us. I think at, at a minimum we're going to be in the promotion places probably. Uh, kind of regardless of what happens and maybe even the potential to uh, to take it all the way to the top. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see us in the top two spot. I've mentioned this for a while now. It's, I, I don't want to see us against the Bundesliga club. Um, I, I'm sorry, I'm laughing because there's a Katuchu mentioned in the uh, in the chat, so I have to immediately jump to that. Uh, <laughs> Katuchu and Tarada, Ahmed Katuchu and Tarada, would I I my brain might actually explode. I love that so much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be interesting. That would be interesting. Bring back Katuchu. That's the next hashtag. <laughs> All right. Um, on that note, uh, anything else you need to talk about before we wrap this up? No. I Yeah, I think that's it. Just looking forward to uh, this weekend's action for sure. This actually might be one of the first weekends where I watch a decent amount of like non-Shalka Bundesliga 2. Because um, obviously following what's going on, but I haven't actually sat down and watched a lot of full games. Mm. Um, and I might try to tune in for some uh, this this weekend. And yeah, in, in the chat, free Katuchu. Always and forever. That's right. That's right. Uh, so the game this weekend is on. Da, 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 I lost where I'm at. Um, blah, 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 blah. There we go. Saturday morning. I think we should do a live stream. It's on ESPN. It is on ESPN. What, what, what time is it at? 7.30 a.m. Eastern, 6.30 jack time. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> but there will be, it's on ESPN, which is the great news because yeah. finding these dodgy streams is not cool, man. Um, yeah, last live stream we did, uh, had to go to the, uh, Eastern block to find a, a stream that works. So I don't want to do that again. Um, but anyway, let's wrap this bad boy up on Jack. Uh, if you haven't done so yet, make sure you sign up for the Shaka us newsletter. 
not only to get info on the club, but you can get all the latest from all the local clubs around uh, North America, Canada, U.S., uh, maybe even Mexico. Who knows? Uh, and maybe you hear some things about our podcast. Uh, maybe, maybe not so much, but uh, uh, keep tuning in. Each week, uh, we'll bring you the latest from the Royal Blues. Uh, if there are any topics you'd like to discuss, any videos you want us to do, just let us know at Shock America. You know where to find us all across social media. Um, Jack, where can our followers find you on social media? At JM Mangan, J-M-M-A-N-G-A-N on Twitter. Very good. As always, you can follow me at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N. Uh, until the next podcast comes or the live stream on Saturday, uh, we'll catch you soon. Look out.